Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Week three of Bus to Move. Let me hear you. How's everybody doing? All right, all right, all right, all right. Today is going to be another fun-filled day. We got some cool things that are planned for you right now, and 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 uh, you saw week one of Bust to Move, and Pastor Ricardo did some break dancing for you. Uh, can we give Pastor Ricardo a round of applause? Yeah, that's about what he deserves. It was it was all right. And then we had Irene, my friend Irene Bresson, and she did the salsa for us. Can we give Irene a round of applause? Come on, somebody. You got to do better than that. If you want to see this next, we're going to call it participant contestant. It's not really a game show, but uh, we're going to see. Do you guys want to see somebody else bust a move? Nah. Let me ask it a little bit. Like, let me make sure I understand. Do you want to see somebody bust a move today? Give it up. Give it up for my friend, Christy Morejon. Come on, Christy. you short girl I thought you were making can we give her a round of applause one more time that was awesome that was awesome so uh you guys want to see me do that right nope 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 hey but don't miss next week don't miss next week it's gonna be an exciting time we're gonna have a great time together we're we're super excited about uh, our birthday next Sunday and uh, just the cool things that God's doing bust a move it's been a series on uh, getting like out of our comfort comfort zone because so many of us like to do the plant safe two-step and this is what we do with our faith and God is calling us to do a Christy Morejon a, a, a you know a, a Pastor Ricardo or an Irene where we really bust a move we don't care what anybody else is saying we're gonna bust a move amen, amen. so the, in your faith in your walk like you need to learn how to do that you need to step out and say you know what I'm not worried about what anybody else says I'm not thinking about what they do I'm gonna do what God is calling me to do, which is to step out and to bust a move. Well, today, I'm in a message that I want to preach to you on faith. And this message is, is uh, a message that I, I want to start with this question. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of COVID, can you still have faith? Can you still be uh, know that God is God? The God of the universe is still the God of, of your stubbed toe. Like, he, he has the whole world in his hands. But he also has your tiny little, maybe what seems insignificant circumstances in your hands. Did you know that? Can you believe that and trust that? That's called faith. That's called what we say when we just, we're like, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm trusting God and I have faith that God's going to work it out. Here's a couple of verses on faith uh, from the, the New Testament. Matthew 22 says, 21, 22 says, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. These are, these are promises of faith. These are words of faith of what God can and wants to do in us, but it does require faith. It's the kind of faith to trust him even when you can't see it. It's a faith to be still in the midst of chaos. It's a faith to go against an action, uh, to take an action when everything against what feels right. It's the hard thing that God is sometimes calling you to do. But you have to have faith, and you know the enemy of faith, right? You know what the enemy of faith is? Oftentimes it's fear. Fear is the enemy of faith. Here's a few verses on it. Isaiah 41 says, fear not. For I am with you, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of 
love and self-control. And 1 John verse four, chapter 4 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So today, if you were taking notes and you have a worship guide, and on one side you can fill that out if you want, this is your primary thought. This is the title of the sermon uh, this morning. It's Faith Over Fear. It's Faith Over Fear. So what are you afraid of? What is it that, that, that thing that you are afraid of? Is it snakes? Is it clowns? Is it the IRS, which are kind of sometimes snakes and clowns, right? <laughs> uh, that was a bad joke. Sorry if you work for the IRS. I was just kidding. Uh, is it, is it uh, like my friend Pastor Ricardo, he's afraid of airplanes and sharks. So he will not fly over the ocean because he's afraid they're going to crash and get eaten by a shark at the same time. So literally, it's those fears. What are you afraid of? What is it that, that, that thing that you're afraid of? There's a lot of things, and you could name them out, but I'm not going to call you on that. Two of the scariest things I ever did in my life, I did on the very same day. And it had nothing to do with my wedding day, in case you were wondering, but uh, it, it was something else. That was a joke. Y'all uh, didn't like it that much. Anyway, but it was the end of 2017, and I went to a prayer conference at a church in Fort Worth, Texas, and it was an amazing gathering of believers praying for a revival to break out and spread into our communities as we took it back to the cities across the country where we lived. And to be honest, I probably shouldn't have, but I took a breath from the, the conference, a break from the conference, and my good friend, Pastor Deke, who's here today, and he's going to be planting Renew Church in the Redland, uh, he was my partner in crime, he was with me that day, and we left the conference to go experience something we had never seen before. It was as seen on TV, and there was only one place in the United States to do it, and it happened to be here in Texas, and he was like, hey, let's do it. It's called the gravity drop. Do you guys, you want to see a video of the gravity drop? You guys want to see this? All right, check this out. So that's the gravity drop. Um, that's from the perspective from looking down. You guys want to see it from my wife's perspective? She has a clip from the ground. She was videoing this with her cell phone. It's really short. You got to catch it really quick. But this is what it looked like from the ground up. Watch this. So that's it. That's it. That's the gravity drop. That, that was a hundred bucks in two seconds, right? I don't know if you heard that. I don't know if you heard my, my wife there, but when she shot that, that, that clip, literally it's like this thing in the bottom drops out for her standing up from the ground. Literally, I hit the net and then there's about a one second delay. And then after one second, she goes, oh, it was the craziest. It's the craziest thing. So that's the gravity drop. 160 feet in the air by crane, wrapped up like a baby in this harness that keeps you being, from being able to move. And after being raised high above the Texas skyline, the operator looks at you and he says, ready, one, two, drop. And he pulls the pin even before you can even get to three. And you literally free fall from the top of that contraption into two safety nets and hopefully lowered down onto the third airbag in case those two nets fail. I don't know if, if you remember what I said. I, I said the two of the scariest things I ever did, I did in the same day. You see, so this place had like a two-for-one special, and I'm kind of like a sucker for a deal. I'm the kind of guy that like if there's a deal, I want it. I want the, I want the discount. I want the, the, the special offer. And so if you do the gravity drop for just a few dollars more, you can bungee jump from a 70-foot tower. 
And I was like, man, count me down. I'm, I'm in. I already did a 160-foot gravity drop. Like, this is easy. I could totally do this. But let me, let me give you a little hint. When you get on top of the bungee tower that's 70 feet in the air, it really doesn't matter if you're 15 feet above the ground or 150 feet above the ground. You know, it doesn't, it all looks the same. You know what it looks like? It looks like death. It looks like I'm about to go to the hospital and maybe even to the graveyard. Like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this event. But the difference was between the free fall from 16 stories when the guy pulls it and the bungee jump where I'm standing up there is, and the free fall, somebody else is pulling the cord. Somebody else is holding my future in their hands. And I was literally in the fetal position like a little baby at their mercy going to fall whenever he said, just, you know, it's out of my control at that point. But atop that tower, I had to do it. On top of that tower, it was me and, and head first, all or nothing. And that's where life puts us sometimes, doesn't it? At a place where we look at things so high and this is the scariest thing I've ever done. What am I doing? How is this going to, how is this going to, to turn out? I, I think we have a picture of that. Do you guys have a picture of that, that little uh, that tower there? So, like, that's what I jumped from. I mean, that's what they pulled the pin from. And that tower was like, no, no big deal. Nothing, nothing much to that until you get on top of it. See, when you get on top of a tower like that, when you're standing up and you're on your own and you make your own decision, there's this tiny two-word question that begins to challenge a bold and brash faith. It begins to challenge what it is that you just did. And it's this two-word question, what if? What if? What if I'm too heavy for this cord? What if the guy didn't strap me in properly? And, and you know, I, I was actually the first jump of the day that day, and it, it was kind of crazy, uh, but we were having this conversation, and we were, like, having a fun time. We had just got through doing the drop, and so we were like, man, we could do this no problem until you get up there, and he starts tying your feet together and, and, you know, roping you in, and you're looking at the bungee cord, and it's not like one rope. It's not one cord. It's like a, 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 a compilation of little cords but like there's thousands of cords and yet it seems like hundreds of them are literally snapped it looks like a frayed bungee cord it's the weirdest thing so i'm asking him i'm like hey man is this thing safe and he's like oh yeah yeah, no no problem i made this thing today it's it's totally perfect it'll it'll hold you but you're thinking you know did i meet the weight limit um am i am i gonna survive what if the cord detaches from the tower what if i break my neck in midair what if i Never see my girls again. What if the guy behind me gets a better deal on this death trap than I did? <laughs> All of those what ifs are going through my head as I try to jump head first towards the earth below. So we have a decision to make. So we're standing up there. It's, it's this decision if we're going to take the leap, jump off, or Take the stairs. It's right behind you because nobody's going to push you. Nobody's going to send you. It's all on you. And, and there's other people waiting in line. So either you do it or get down. One way or the other, get down. But, but get out of the, the, the stage. Get off the, the, the platform. And I was like, oh, man. I got to do something. Let's do a countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. Three, two, one, ah, ten. That's just too many numbers. I've, I've had too much time to think about it. Let, how about a countdown? Or, or let's count up. Let's count, count to three. This will work. One, two, three. Ah, I can't do it. I can't do it. What am I going to do? And I see my wife down there, and she's got a video camera on me, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I didn't let you see that one because it was a little embarrassing, I'll be honest. And finally, it was like, man, I can't even think about this. You ready, room? No, just kidding. I'm not going to jump to you. But that's what we had to do. We had to decide. One, two, forget the countdown, just jump. I'll come back to that in just a few minutes. I want to take you to our text today. Our, our scripture for the day is Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, and, and it's here that we find that Jesus just gets through feeding 5,000 men and, and then also a bunch of women and children. So he may have fed like fifteen or 20,000 people. And he, dis, he then tells his disciples to go. He says, I want to be alone. I need some rest. And he wanted to take some time to pray. So he goes and isolates himself and, and takes that time to pray. And, 
And uh, this was his rhythm, and he practiced that prayer, even as we talked about last week. You see, Jesus was worn out physically and, and from ministry and spiritually because of the burden he carried for all those people that were seeking after the, uh, the teacher, the Messiah that was to come, and, and, and who he was as the, the Savior. But also, he was worn out because he was emotionally spent. You see, his dear friend, actually his cousin, died. Well, and, and not really just died, he was executed unjustly. The verses before Matthew 14 tell the story of King Herod and how he throws a party and this girl dances for him and he is so pleased with her that he offers her anything up to half the kingdom that she wants. And this young girl should have asked for a pony or, or a new tablet, like, you know, like a, you know, Moses tablet, never mind. Uh, but she didn't ask for that. Her, her mom wasn't happy with this guy named John the Baptist because he was ruining her plans because of, of who John the Baptist was and what he was saying as he was speaking into the ear, ear, ear of the king. So she says, tell the king that you want the head of John the Baptist. So at a party, Herod brings the head to this girl, the messenger, the head of the messenger of God that prepared the way of Jesus. In fact, the one that, was, that baptized Jesus, that, that set the stage so that Jesus could come. And so Jesus is mourning. He's broken. He's beat down. His, his cousin, but also his very dear friend, has been executed. This would be a sermon for another day, but it's a sermon on when God doesn't make sense. And if you're thinking about your life and you're thinking about what, what you're dealing with, trust me, I'm sure there would even be times that Jesus would say that about things that happen in the world. God, why does this kind of thing happen? To himself, obviously. Matthew 14, verse 22 is our text. Verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. I'm going to stop there for a second. It says the waves and the wind had picked up and the boat was in the middle of the lake. It wasn't just a calm night on the water. So hours before, the disciples had, like I said, fed this large crowd, 5,000 men plus women and children. They hadn't had sleep. He literally sends them across the lake, sends him so he can be alone. And so they go from this record fish fry with 12 baskets left, left over to getting on the water and they're, they're fighting the wind and the waves. These guys were exhausted. And they have been battling, these 12 men, his disciples, have been battling a storm for nine hours. How do I know that? Why do I infer that? Because in verse 25, it says shortly before dawn. And in another translation, it says during the fourth watch of the night. So, so that means that like they ate dinner, they fed, they fed these people, and then it was shortly before dawn of the next day. So they've been fighting the wind and the waves for nine hours trying to get across the lake. And this is what it says, verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus said immediately to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. We're going to stop there for today. And and uh, there's more to this story, but I want to ask this. Have you ever seen a ghost? I know you're like all of a sudden saying, well, have you ever seen a ghost, Trevor? Does this guy believe in ghosts? And I may have split the room a little bit. Some of you all are thinking, what's he talking about? I, I have never seen a ghost, and I don't know that I really believe in ghosts, but I do believe in angels and demons, and I do know that they take many forms. They're in the Bible. And uh, these guys, they were scared to death because it says in Scripture that they thought they saw a ghost. These 12 grown men, manly men, these fishermen, they were terrified. The key word it says they were terrified and they cried out. Key word cried out. Manly men, fishermen that do this all the time, they go in the water all the time, all of a sudden they cry out in fear. And Jesus says, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Oh, thank God. 
Better yet, thank Jesus, because the ghost walking on the water isn't a ghost, it's Jesus. So I'm a risk taker, as you saw just from that clip, but not like that. You see, when we see scary stuff, I sometimes think, wouldn't that be cool? But I, I don't always think, hey, I'm going to do that right here and right now. Like, it's a calculated risk. Like a bungee jump that's been done at a professional amusement park that had no serious injuries since it opened in the early 90s. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I can do that. I can handle that. And think about these men in the boat. There were how many men were, were in the boat? Anybody remember? Twelve. Twelve. And how many of the twelve said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water? One. Peter. You see, I would have been one to get out of the boat. But instead of speaking to the ghost that was walking towards me on the water, I think I would have gotten out of the boat on the other side. And I would have battled the wind, the waves, the sharks in the lake. I don't think there's probably sharks. But I would have just swam to shore. I would have said, nope, that, that figure coming towards me, I don't need that. I'd rather take my chances in the water than come to and, and, and let this, this figure come towards me. This was the fear that, that they had to have been facing. I want to give you three thoughts this morning. And if you're taking notes, the first thought actually comes in the form of a question. And the question is, is what is your boat? What is your boat? What is the security that you are holding on to that God is calling you out of? What is your boat? Maybe it's a lifestyle change. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's financial security or relationship or even a career path that has become a boat for you because you are just really, really comfortable in it. And you just, you just know that this works well for you. And maybe some of you have been even thinking about this, and even as I talk about it, that idea, that boat comes to your mind of what it is that, that God is calling you out of, and you're like, but yeah, preacher, me and God, we have a deal. We have a deal. We know what we're supposed to do. There's some of you that maybe even choosing to live outside of the, the covenant of marriage, you're living with somebody, and you're like, but preacher, you don't understand. We have a deal. Me and God know, and this is, this is okay, and I'm going to tell you, no, 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 this is the deal. This is God's word, and if you're not in the covenant of marriage, then you're, you're in a boat that you need to step out of. If God, is, if God is calling you, it's time to step out. It could be millions of other things, many other things that you're just saying, I am comfortable here, I, I have benefits, I, I have everything that I need. Why would I move, move off of this or leave this thing? You know, it may be stepping out in faith with a new job. And you're thinking to yourself, but I have benefits, and I have retirement, and I'm set. Like, in 20 more years, I'm going to be living the good life. Preacher, you don't even know. Like, well, let me tell you what you don't know. The minute you step out of the boat, the minute you trust God with your life, the minute you get out of it, you don't have to wait 20 years. The good life starts the minute you begin to trust in God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Maybe you're worried about the outcome. Maybe you're, you, you've just done so many calculating things. You're that, like in the financial peace class, which by the way, you ought to join us. It's not too late. Wednesday nights at 7. But maybe you're the nerd in financial peace. There's the free spirit and the nerd. Free spirit's like, whatever happens, it's all good. It's going to happen. It's going to work out. And the nerd's the one that's always like calculating, how is this going to work out? But there's some times in life when you're going to need to just say, you know what? God, I don't, I don't quite understand how this is going to work. Let me tell you what this scripture says. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your care on him because he cares for you. And you know who says that? That's the guy himself. That's Peter, the water walker. He's the one that says that in spite of what it is that you're afraid of, in spite of how, how hard it is for you to take this kind of risk, if God is calling you to it, step out of your boat. Trust him. The second point is, is turn your what if into whatever. Turn your what if into whatever. Remember all the what-ifs? Sometimes they're the enemy of faith, especially when you know God is calling you into something. There's a story in the Old Testament of these three teenage boys given an ultimatum. And the ultimatum was bow down to the statue of the king, make a compromise, or be thrown into a literal furnace in front of everyone. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, to the king, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, 
and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. These three teenage Israelite men, they turn their what-ifs into whatever in front of a crowd, in front of everybody, and they said, it is what it is. My what-if is a whatever because maybe I'm not going to survive this fire, but even if I don't, I would never bow down. I would never worship the image of gold against God's will and God's way and against God's law. No matter what you're facing, if God is calling you to do something and you're certain of it, turn your what if into whatever. If God's for you, then who can be against you? Number three, third point for taking notes, become a water walker. Become a water walker. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. For Peter, he put his faith over his fear and he was a water walker. Which one is it for you? Which is greater for you? Is it your faith or is it your fear? Where's God leading you to step out of your comfort zone and walk in faith with him and are you willing to walk with Jesus on the water or are you staying in the boat? Remember, 11 continued to cry out in fear whereas only one went to where Jesus is. So you got to go to where Jesus is. Even when it's not always solid ground. Even when you can't quite make sense of it. And the truth is, if you keep reading Matthew 14, Peter sank. Like he took his eyes off Jesus and he sank. But he's the only one in scripture, he's the only one in history besides Jesus himself that could say, hey, I walked on water. Amen? That's something that I want for each and every single one of you, that, that you would be able to say, you know what, I'm, I'm stepping out of my boat. I'm telling my what if whatever, and I'm going to walk on water no matter what that looks like. So let me take this back to my story. In 2015, close to seven years ago, the end of 2015, my mentor, my pastor, and my overseer, Dr. Brian Wilson, is going to be here next week. I hope that you'll come next week. I hope that you'll invite friends. It's going to be an amazing time. It's going to be a great, great event as we celebrate our third birthday. But in 2015, he reaches out to me and he says, hey, Trevor, what do you think about planting a church in West Kendall? You see, he had this little warehouse behind Costco, and, and uh, he was kind of like offering it to us to help start a church. But I was in Homestead, and I was leading a church, and it was a good church, and we were doing some great things, and like I loved it, and I loved the people, and I still do, and, and I, I was thinking to myself, Pastor, like Dr. Wilson, like, do you not know what we're doing down here in, in Homestead? Do you not know the good things that are happening? I said, I'm sorry, no you got to find someone else. But just because that was the last time he talked to me doesn't mean it was the last time the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Amen? Just because it was the last time he talked to me doesn't mean it was the last time the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And so the Holy Spirit began to work on me. And in June of 2016, we had our very first vision meeting for what we were calling at the time Renew Kindle. June of 2016, as we had been praying and thinking about it, I think we have a picture of, of that very first group. Some of you are actually in that photo. Some of you that are here today are in that photo, including my dad, who's uh, not with us. Uh, but June 2016, that's where we found ourselves. And man, we were excited. We were fired up. I was the pastor of the church down in Homestead leading this ministry down there. But we were saying we were going to plant a church. You could drop that, that picture down. And uh, like we said, man, we're going we're gonna to do this thing. And we started to begin to pray and to fast and fund and find a pastor to help us launch what we were calling Renew Kindle. 
And we didn't, we didn't even know exactly what that looked like, but we were praying, planning, and preparing to plant. And we were hiring. We were hiring. In other words, my church down in, in Homestead said, we are going to hire a pastor. And we found the pastor. We found the couple. These people were ordained. They were experienced church planters. They lived in another state and had planted a church, but they wanted to come back to Miami where their family was. And we were like, this is like, this is God. In so many ways, this is God working this thing out. And so in 2016, we were like uh, meeting with them and interviewing them and going through that process. And they were making transitions out of the church that they had started and, and really like looking at coming to Kindle to help us plant the church. But in the early stages of the, the interviews, like he would kind of ask me some questions as well. The husband would ask me, he's like, hey, Trevor, you sound really passionate about this. You sound like really excited about this. Are you sure you're not the planter? Like, why don't you plant that church? And I'm like, bro, you, you don't get it. You don't get it. We, didn't we talk about this? Didn't I tell you about your salary? And didn't I tell you we have a core team? And didn't, we, didn't you see all of these things? And like, are, are you dense? What's going on here? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no problem. I just wanted to know. And, and so this process, like long story short, full year, more meetings and assessments and flying them in to meet our team and all of these things by the end of 2017 it was time to make a move it was time to do something or 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 not we've we've talked long enough and they were they were making the move they were coming back to Miami but I remember they were in my kitchen in the Christmas season it wasn't Christmas but it was around the Christmas season they were in my kitchen and uh, him and his wife were with me and my wife and they're sitting there towards the end of uh, the evening, we had been hanging out a little bit, and he goes, hey, Trevor, um, I think you know where this is going, because the last few months or weeks, just things weren't, like, connecting, and he said, I don't know what it is, I don't get it, seems great, like, I think there's fruit, I, like, I think that God is, is doing something in Kendall, and I think he wants to plant a church in Kendall, but it's not us, it's not us, and I'm sorry. And I hope you don't hate us forever and you don't think we wasted your time. And, and um, I'm sorry. And uh, at the end of our conversation, I'll never forget before he left the words he spoke to me again. As he was leaving that day, he said, Trevor, hey, are you sure you're not the planter? And that's 2017, end of 2017. And so moving into 2018, God began to, to do what he was doing back in 2016 was speak and talk to me and call me and release me and all these things that maybe you hear these things and you're like, what does that mean, calling and release and all these things? And so I went on a sabbatical and, and uh, took six or seven weeks away from my, my church that I had pastored for six years or whatever that was. And... and um, I, I did a, a, a fast and, and uh, I read through the entire scriptures, the entire Bible and, and uh, just really seeking God, really asking God, what is it that you want to do? And all of a sudden, I found myself feeling like I was back on top of a tower, thinking to myself, what am I going to do? I have a choice to make here and now. What am I going to do? Am I going to take the leap? Am I going to jump off? Am I going to do what God is calling me to do? Am I going to uh, like step out of my boat, out of my comfort zone, out of what it is that I know how to do, and I know how to do it well? Am I going to uh, tell my what ifs, whatever? Because there was lots of what ifs, like. What if we can't sell our home? What if we can't afford to live up here? What if we don't start a church because it's just impossible? We don't even hardly know anybody up here. What if my girls who we're taking out of their school that they've grown up in, what if they literally hate me forever because they've left their friends and their family and their community? What if we fail? So I had an option at that point, and I felt like I was on top of the tower in Fort Worth, Texas. 
Nobody was going to push me. Nobody was going to force me. I could easily just take the steps right back down the stairs and pastor what I've been pastoring and do what I've been doing and do all these things. Or I could say, one, two, jump. And that is where we are for three years. That is where we found ourselves. Amen. Like, we're, we're still flying. Like, we're still, like, in the middle of the, 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 the bounce back and all of that. But let me tell you something. It might get bouncy on this ride. It might get bouncy, but the cord won't break. Amen? Amen. You see, we jumped that day, and it has beyond, been beyond any thrill ride that I've ever done in my entire life. And it hasn't been easy, but it's been worth every moment. It's been worth every ounce of sacrifice and commitment and everything that God called us to, to take these steps to do what we're doing right here, right now. So that's my, that's my story. That's my, my faith over fear. So as we wrap up this morning, my question is, is what's your story? What's the thing in your life? What's the thing that God is calling you to do? Where, what is your boat of security that you're like, no, me and God, we know what we're doing. We got this thing. And God's saying, no, you do not. You're missing out. And it's time to be obedient to God. What are the what ifs that you need to say whatever? Whatever. I don't care about all the what ifs of if it doesn't happen. This is the Holy Spirit speaking and I'm going to go this way. I don't, it's whatever. If you're going to be a water walker, it's going to take faith over fear. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? If this is you today, if God's speaking to you about busting a move, about stopping the play it safe two-step, about stopping living the life of what's routine and comfortable and what everybody's doing, today can be the day of life change for you. Today can be the day where you say, you know what, I don't care what's comfortable. I don't care what other people say or think. I want to be a water walker. If that's you today, if you say, Pastor, I've got a boat, I've got a struggle, I've got a fear in my life, I've got a thing that I'm fighting, and here and now, I'm deciding to take the next step, to take the leap of faith. No matter how big or small it is, I'm, I'm going to take that next step. You saw the timeline. It wasn't like the next day I started having services. It was like from 2017 to 2019 was our first service at Renew. We didn't launch Renew until January 27th. 2019. So here we are coming up on three years. This isn't something that just happens like in a day. But if God's calling you to start doing it, to start moving towards it, so that there would be something like this happening, so that a ministry or, or an organization or so that your family could be forever changed, if God is calling you, this is your moment. And nobody's going to force you. It's all up to you. It's all on you. What are you going to do? It's your tower moment. You're going to take the stairs right behind you? Or is it one, two, jump? So I'm going to count to three. And this is your moment. No matter where you're at, no matter what the context of the question is, if God is speaking to you and you're saying, Pastor, I'm stepping out. I'm putting my faith over my fear. I'm going to become a water walker in my life. On the count of three, just want you to lift your hand right where you're at. One, it's worth it. Two, I have zero regrets. Zero regrets. Three, let's go. Take the jump. Take the jump. If that's you, praise be to God. Let's give God praise. Come on. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. We're going to have some prayer ministers that are going to join me up here in the front. And, and they, they're going to give you an opportunity to pray. If there's something you need to pray for, if there's a, a decision that you want to talk to somebody about, you can, you can do that. You can also check with us on the, uh, at the tent on your way out this morning. But I want to encourage you to make this the day. Kind of like it was for me. And 
2015 marked this special day. June 28, 2016 marked that picture back then. And, 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 and then January 27, 2019, all of those moments in my life. May this be a marker in your life when something exciting and something new happened. And maybe for somebody in the room, the marker and the start was, you know what, I haven't ever asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. You know, I know what it means, but he hasn't been. It's, it's the difference between an, a head knowledge and a heart knowledge. You know what I'm talking about. Head knowledge means I know what they say, and I know about the cross and the resurrected Savior, but is he your resurrected Savior? Is he, has he died for your sins? Have you asked him to pay the price to forgive you of your sins? And to be your Lord, to be your Savior. Today can be the day. Today can be the day of salvation. If that's you today, this is again that one, two, three jump moment. And it's, it's important. It's significant. It marks the day. And if that's you today, on the count of three, I'm going to give you that opportunity. Whether it's your first time or your 50th time, if God's calling you here and now, one, it's worth it. Two, I have no regrets. Three, take the jump. If God's calling you, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Let's give God praise your hands. I'm going to pray with you. Bow your heads. Close your eyes with me. At the end of the service, there's going to be an opportunity for you to go by the Next Steps tent. We want to encourage you to grab a Bible on your way and be able to uh, talk to somebody about taking that next step. Maybe that next step is baptism next week. Maybe it's just saying, I'm ready to go public with my faith. Whatever that is, we want to help you take your next step. But here's the prayer, and I'm going to pray with you now. And if you're a believer in Christ, I want you as the community of faith with me. I want you to pray this out loud with me to encourage and help these that are making this decision for their first time or maybe the, the, uh, a, a recommitment because we want people not to pray alone today. We want people to be able to pray and be encouraged. So as I pray this prayer, I want you to repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I know that I've sinned, that I've made mistakes, and I'm asking you to forgive me, to come into my life, and to make me new. Today, I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. And from this day forward, I choose to live for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise for what he's doing. Praise God. Again, we want to help you, we want to walk with you and help you take these next steps. But if you need prayer for any reason at all, I think Christina and Mikey is going to be up here. And if there's any needs, I'll even join up here. But let's pray. Let's get things right with God. Let's take steps of faith to turn our what if into whatever to become a water walker. All right, let's sing together.
Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. Man, did, did this message speak to you guys this morning? What an awesome word, man. Praise God. I, I, I hope that 2022 would be a year where you guys are getting out of the boat, trusting God with your lives, leaning into his will for your life and not playing it safe, man. It's typically how it is with God, right? I'm hoping for an awesome year for you guys, man. Just want to share a few things coming up in our church with you guys before we get out of here. Um, man, small groups are off and running. They've officially launched for our new semester. Is anybody here a part of a small group? Awesome, awesome. Man, I encourage you. If you're not in a group, man, we've got, we pretty much got groups through all throughout the week, pretty much, right? Pretty much every day of the week, man, there's a group for you, I promise. Go to the Next Steps tent, check out the time, speak to a leader. Man, like, maybe that's your boat. Maybe you, you, you haven't committed to coming to a small group. Maybe the idea sounds weird. Maybe it's scary. I, I don't know what that thing is, but, man, maybe that's your boat. And I'd encourage you guys to, to step out of it, man. Go to one. Just go, go to one day, one night. If you don't like it, man, don't, don't go back ever again. But just go one night to a group. See which one fits your schedule. Man, I, I can almost guarantee it'll be worth your time. Another thing I want to mention to you guys is if you are a middle school to high school parent, um, if your student is a part of our youth ministry, Misfit Youth, and even if they're not a part of it, immediately after service at 12 noon, we're going to be meeting up in the Connections Room. We're going to have some lunch, and we're going to do a parent workshop to see how, how the church and families can better partner to help disciple our kids and, 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 and lead them to Jesus and help them in their relationship with Jesus. So if you've got some time, if you're hungry, man, join us for that. It'll be worth your time. We'll appreciate seeing you guys there. You'll be able to meet some of our, our youth team as well. It's going to be a really good time. Lastly, um, baptism is coming up on January the 30th. 
it's the day of our birthday. So, man, if, if, if you've recently started following Jesus and, and, and you're wanting to take that next step, man, well, all the baptism is, is it's that public display of what's already gone on inside of your heart, right? It's, it's to, to compare it, it's kind of like the, the wedding ceremony, right? You've decided to marry your spouse, but the wedding ceremony is the celebration of that, right? To show the world, to say, this is the person that I'm, I'm married to. And, and baptism is showing the world that this is the person that I'm following for the rest of my life, and that's Jesus Christ. So if that's you, man, if you've never been baptized or are considering it, check out our website, www.renew.miami forward slash baptism. There's a registration link there if you're interested. There's also some information about uh, baptism if, if you want to know more about it. Or just come and find a pastor and would be uh, happy to talk to you guys about that. Lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you guys know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. And you can drop them off in one of the buckets on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting GIVE to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? God, we pray over this offering this morning, God. God, just continue to use it for your purposes, God. And Use it to just spread your goodness, Lord, to those around us, God, in this community and even those that are not a part of this community, Father. God, I pray that you would bless these people, Lord, as they worship you in this way, Father. You know the things that we need, God. You know the miracles that, that we're needing. And, God, we just pray that you would move, God. I pray that you would reveal yourself to these people, God. Um, God, we thank you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Surprise, I'm here. <laughs> he was about to dismiss. Sorry about that. Can I say one more thing? I, I, I'm doing it anyway. Hey, so you have one of these on your chair, and I do not want these to be left on these chairs. I, I really want you to take them, take the extra ones on the seats next to you and the empty seats, and give somebody an invitation to our third birthday. Renew is turning three. It's a big day. We're going to have a big cake, a three-foot-tall cake. We're going to have a bounce house and hayride. We're going to have a pinata. How do you not have a, a pinata for a three-year-old's birthday, right? So we're going to have a pinata. We're going to do all kinds of cool things. Will you please come and will you please invite a friend for Renew's third birthday? If you will, will you raise your hand and tell me I'm inviting somebody? Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Go in his peace. You are dismissed.